This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Alice Dempster. It's Thursday the 11th of May. In your Squiz today, turmoil grows in Pakistan, Trump reacts to the assault decision, more budget analysis rolls in, plus good animals and naughty animals. This is your Squiz today. We mentioned this story briefly in the podcast yesterday, Alice, but it's a really big story and getting bigger. The arrest of Imran Khan, the former Prime Minister of Pakistan, has sparked off nationwide protests in the fifth most populous country in the world, and the army has been called in to try to end the unrest. Like you say, Alex, the protests are happening in cities across the country, and reports say that at least two people have died so far. Mm. There's been attacks on key military buildings, and police and military vehicles have also been burned. To dispel some of the protesters, police have used tear gas and water cannons and social media sites, which are often used to rally protesters, have been restricted across the country. And Alex, it's probably worth going back and explaining that Khan is an incredibly popular leader in Pakistan. He was a cricket player who entered politics in the 90s, but he really gained momentum in the 2010s with his anti-corruption and anti-American rhetoric. He was elected as the prime minister in 2018. And another thing we should mention here is that the military is a powerful presence in Pakistani politics and Mm -hmm. Khan was supported by the military in 2018. But a couple of years later, after high inflation for years and a dispute with the military, Khan was ejected from the parliament after a no-confidence vote. And this is where the story really starts to escalate. Yeah, that's right. There were mass protests at the time and less than half a year later, Khan's party swept an important state election. He was charged with terrorism offences, which were later dropped before he was found guilty of corrupt practices and disqualified from holding office. And squizzers might remember that during other protests in November last year, Khan was also shot in the leg. He's also faced multiple corruption charges since he left office, and his arrest this week was to do with those charges. And the latest overnight is that Khan is going to be held for eight days to be questioned over those corruption charges. And in the meantime, a court has charged Khan with separate charges relating to selling state secrets. Khan has consistently denied any wrongdoing and claimed that the charges against him are politically motivated. Meanwhile, his political party has been sharing messages like, this is the time to save your country, to encourage people to protest. Alice, the story of Donald Trump's legal liability in the sexual assault case against him was breaking at the crack of dawn yesterday morning. Now, though, we've had a day of reactions from Donald Trump as well as from his Republican allies. And just to recap, this is the civil case that was brought against Trump by E. Jean Carroll. She's the magazine columnist who alleged that Trump raped her in the 1990s. He was found liable by a jury not for raping Carol, but for sexually assaulting her. And they also found that Trump had defamed her since she made those allegations public. 
The jury ordered Trump to pay five million US dollars in damages, but Trump, of course, doesn't agree with the verdict. He said on social media, this verdict is a disgrace, a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. That was his quote. His lawyers say they plan to appeal the verdict. Meanwhile, as of last week, Trump was the front runner for the Republican presidential nomination. Mm -hmm. And some Republicans have said that Trump could still be their party's pick for president. But also that the sexual assault finding could hurt his chances in a general election with the whole of the American voting population. So I suppose we'll see. We are still more than a year away from the presidential election. And Alice, I think it's only going to get more and more fascinating. It's been a huge couple of news days, Alice, but we did have a budget on Tuesday and (laughs) economists are still figuring out what it means for the country. Yeah, so one of the main areas of contention is whether Treasurer Jim Chalmers' spending in the budget will contribute to inflation. The big question is whether the budget will make it more likely that the Reserve Bank will raise interest rates again. Economists seem a bit split on this. Westpac's Bill Evans said that he doesn't think there's anything in the budget that guarantees a rate rise, but Goldman Sachs' Andrew Boak said the budget spending increases the risk of a rate hike. Jim Chalmers was quick to hose down the speculation yesterday, though. He said that he's supremely confident that the budget won't add to inflation. I suppose we'll have to wait and see what happens with interest rates in a Mm. month. And even then, we won't really know whether rates rose in response to budget spending or in response to macroeconomic (laughs) conditions. Don't you just love a nice, clear, easy-to-pass economic story? (laughs) There's another Canberra story that's been in the papers this week as well, where almost a week into the inquiry into the trial of former Liberal staffer Bruce Lerman, who was accused of assaulting his then colleague Brittany Higgins. The inquiry was called by the ACT government after public accusations that the relationship between police and the director of public prosecutions broke down spectacularly. And we've been hearing from the prosecutor Shane Drumgold all week. Yesterday, Drumgold made a pretty huge accusation. He said that he believes it was possible there was a conspiracy between police and politicians to derail the case and make sure that Lerman was found not guilty of the alleged rape. This inquiry is being closely watched, including by Bruce Lerman himself. He made a surprise appearance at the hearing on Monday. Drumgold's testimony is still ongoing, but when he's finished, we're expecting to hear from Stephen Wybrow, who was Lerman's lawyer during that criminal trial. The trial, of course, was abandoned due to juror misconduct and not retried, and Lerman has denied any wrongdoing. Alice, koalas are now being treated for chlamydia in a trial that was very, very popular on international news sites, (laughs) particularly in the US, those perverts. (laughs) Yeah, so it seems like the US fascination with this story might go back to an episode of John Oliver's late night show where he actually stay with me here, bought a jockstrap from Russell (laughs) Crowe and then Russell Crowe teamed up with the Irwin family and named a wing of Australia Zoo the John Oliver Koala Chlamydia Award, which is a bit of a mouthful for me to say. It was a whole thing at the time, Alex, but it is a really serious disease for the koala population. It can cause blindness, infertility and death in koalas and Mm. those really are things that you want to avoid for a species that's already endangered. 
The trial is hoping to find out what portion of the population needs to be vaccinated to effectively reduce the spread of the disease. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam Copper Mine. It's happening now at BHP. Alice, there is a new gym in Melbourne. Do you want to tell people how much it costs per week? I would love to. It's called (laughs) St. Haven and it's got a meditation cave, Mm. whatever that is, a breathing coach (laughs) and MRI machines. And it can cost up to $1,500 a week for unlimited access, apparently. (laughs) But that's only if you can make it past their extremely rigorous five-stage interview process. The gym is the brainchild of a billionaire property developer. And I guess if you've got that much money, Alice, why not spend it on a meditation cave? (laughs) Squeeze the day, Alice. Peter Dutton's budget reply speech is tonight. And if you're in the mood for an early start tomorrow, you can catch Eurovision tomorrow morning. That's when the Aussie Act will play from 5am on SBS. And you can also listen to our Squiz Shortcuts on the budget at any time. doesn't have to be 5am <laughs> if you want a deeper breakdown on the budget. Thank you for listening and we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.